Well, hey everyone, welcome to Fighting Words Podcast, a podcast where two dads talk about the UFC, MMA news, news, not nudes, good whoa, grief, whoa, this is a PG whoa. podcast, <laughs> and uh, golly, starting it off hot today, I guess, um, and I am joined by my co-host Tyrell, what's up Tyrell, how are you my friend? <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm good man. Um, Trying to roll through it, you know. I'm trying to roll through yeah. this, and I, feel I love like you it. laughing love at it. me. Okay, okay. I love your professionalism, man. You you handled it well. I, good job. But anyway, I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here as always, and looking forward to jumping into these topics, man. Yeah, dude. It's been a crazy week so far. I mean, I I don't even like. Let's just jump into it. Dustin Poirier versus Benoit Saint Denis. Announced for UFC 299 co-main event for a five-rounder. And then Charles Oliveira and Armin Saryukian announced for UFC 300. I mean, it's it's a crazy times to be a lightweight. Well, let's. I, I want to first talk about the Poirier and uh, BSD fight because... I know we've already talked about BSD on the pod and just his rea- our reaction to just how phenomenal he was against Matt Provola. Obviously, we've had some harsh words for Dustin Poirier, but we, you know, he's still our boy. You know, we ride with him, and you know, the harsh words being that you know he doesn't fight down the rankings. Well, as if this wasn't the like craziest choice that he would have made to fight down the rankings, but he's fighting a number twelve guy who is dangerous. Dangerous. Uh-huh. So, uh, what do you think about this fight, man? I mean, uh, it's nuts. It, it is nuts. But you know what? I love it for Dustin. I, I love mm-hmm. that he's like, let me prove to y'all I will fight whoever. It's a great fight. Yep. And honestly, I, I think he's aware that BSD is actually not the 12th ranked fighter in the lightweight division. He's more like the seventh. Or, he's, he's probably top six, top seven. Mm-hmm. And he yep. just hasn't got a chance to climb there. So, he knows that this is a valuable fight. Um it is a very scary fight for him, um, but I I'm hoping that him being a vet and his skills, he can get it done. Um, I don't want to see him lose. It's great. Uh, it's a it's a great matchup. I feel I'm so conflicted because for BSC it's a big fight for him to move him up higher, but mm-hmm. I just don't want it to be. I don't want Dustin to get beat by him that way, man. I hope Dustin pulls it out and gets that one last ride for the title shot again himself. But what do you yep. think, man? Well, I mean. He Dustin is just like he's a smart, smart guy. So his team, I think, personally, chose the best fight for themselves because here's it's kind of a less of a lose lose situation for for Dustin. And here's why I think this because one twelfth ranked guy coming up, super hot. You know, like we know that he's been. Uh, on a three knockout win streak, uh, and I think there's been a couple other wins he's had that he's strung together. But the guy is lights out at lightweight, um, and with that being the case, like he also knows that BSD probably isn't the most wrestling heavy type guy, which is a big mm-hmm. check for Dustin. And yep. this is the biggest step up in competition for bsd i mean bsd hasn't seen the lights like dustin has he hasn't gone to war like dustin has he hasn't done the things that dustin has and i think this even now that's been negotiated for a five-round fight that's huge for dustin i mean bsd hasn't even sniffed a five-round fight before and now he's going up against one of the deadliest lightweights of all time and he's what we're supposed to um 
just expect that Dustin's going to roll over. I mean, he got the diamond nickname for a reason. The, di- the guy is hard to lo- get knocked out at a lightweight. So I personally think that this is a very winnable fight for Dustin. I think it's a great fight. He's earned the respect of all the guys who take this a lot more serious, um, like that are not casuals. And by taking this fight, especially when we did not expect him to be that way, um, we kind of expected him to squat on his ranking and wait for the big money fights. But he said, nah, I, I, y'all must have forgot that I'm still the diamond here and I've got some things to prove. And if he wins, the oh, dude's goodness. knocking on the door of a title shot. I mean, this was such a smart play by him. Now, if he gets knocked out in brutal fashion, and there's a definite chance he could. but It's over. It's yeah, it's over. But you know, then he gets to go right off in the sunset and hang him up. Like I think he's the closest to retirement um, out of all of the older lightweights. Um, I do think he still has a bit to prove. Um, I do wish he would hang around because I think he's awesome. Obviously, he's one of my favorite fighters. You know that I have always rooted for him. You know, been a big fan of him since day one. And finally, I think that. Um, you know, if he wins in spectacular fashion, if he shuts down BSD, definitely think that that's the case. Not only is he right on the door of a title shot, but um, I think that he kind of clears off the name of people, you know, disrespecting him that he didn't do everything that he could possibly do to to get back in. And he's still showing that he's you know, a potential title contender if he wins. So I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of this fight. I think it's crazy. I think there's a lot less to lose for Dustin. Uh, than Benoit so I'm very surprised that Benoit took it but I also am not because it's like hey contenders got to contend um, so I respect him a ton for for signing on the dotted line so this is gonna be fireworks at 299 um, I'm really again really surprised that it's a five rounder I don't really understand that for as it stands right now I mean yes it is a coming event but like as we'll talk about with Charles and Armin theirs is a three rounder so, yeah. like, what's going I'm on there? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I I mean, I think that with, with how lightweight is now shaping out to be, the biggest loser in all of this is Matush Gamrot, which, to be honest, he he, <laughs> he, he deserves to, to sit in the back for a little bit. Um, well, he does. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, uh, another thing I'll mention uh, in regards to Dustin Poirier, I, I saw the other day, that Armin Sarukian and his team wanted to fight Dustin. I know they're both they both mm-hmm. trained at the same gym. Is that correct? They're at the same gym. Yeah, together too, they're teammates. Which, yeah, he said that. So, ugh, yeah, go ahead. Maybe that's why Dustin's. Maybe that's why Dustin's like, let me take somebody else because that's a scarier fight. That's a scary, scary fight. And well, I think too, I, I find that interesting. Armin, he took BSD instead. I think Armin even said he's like, I'd fight him, but I don't know if I'd want to fight him, kind of thing. Um, I respect that. Like it was he's a very like to. half-hearted. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like it's very like half-hearted. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like it too. I think Dustin obviously would have been down, but I think that you know if it shakes out for Dustin, I do think Dustin still has one more fight before he could get back into title contention. But knocking off a guy like like BSD is legit. I think we could if if he does do what he did in the Dan Hooker fight, we could see potentially him skip past a couple of people and be the next in line type thing you know I, I was also thinking about justin gaethje and all of this like where does he fit because we'll talk about charles and armin in a second but i mean either justin is lined up to fight islam next which 
kind of seems like the next logical step, even though they said, I think Dana yeah. said that Armin and Charles would be the winner of that would fight Islam. I think yeah. he's holding his cards a little bit there. I think he's trying to keep create some mystery in terms of, um, you know, who, who Islam's fighting next. I do think Islam is he's either going to be at uh, UFC 300 or after, um, but I, or he'll be in the Saudi Arabia card, one of the two. Um, but yeah, because that, that, there's been nothing announced for that fight card yet. But um, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see if Justin gets announced for the next title shot. Um, as we talked on the show, I don't like it, um, but I mean, I have heard rumblings uh, that Justin is actually fighting at 300 against Max Holloway for the BMF. Ooh. I have heard rumblings been doing some research as the kids say and because uh, if, if you remember a couple months ago they kind of called each other out like yeah let's do it let's run it and you yeah. know dana has hinted that ufc 300 is the place for um a lot of crazy fights on the card i mean we already see the prelims being nuts with bo nickel he doesn't even have a chance to make it <laughs> on the main card but yeah. then you have you know charles and armin which is a headline in and of itself, but then um, I'm sure there are plenty of others that are going to be coming up and coming through. But yeah. as it stands right now for Dustin and uh, Benoit, I think that's call me crazy, but potential fight of the year candidate already in January, 2024. If, if it goes, it goes according to big way fight. This is wild. I mean, come on. That's like, wow. Talk about fireworks, but Anyways, I could talk on and on about the, how excited I am. The quick pick is that I think Dustin wins. I think his experience, I think, you know, his I, – I, I just think he has a lot going for him. Yes, he has had a lot of miles on the car in terms of um, his fight career. I mean, he's been around a long time. But y'all can't sleep on him. And this is, I think, his motivation in taking this fight is saying, I want to get back into title contention and that is a scary man to go up against uh for bsd so oh, yeah. what's who's your who's your prediction you got dustin or are you riding with 100%, the up and cover 100 okay I'm going, I'm going with dp man dp like i just yeah. think the experience a lot i mean the experience and then being a five rounder like bsd starts getting tired mm-hmm. dp's gonna walk him down and put those combos yep. on he's gonna hurt him like but that's not saying the first couple rounds we've seen DP get cracked. I mean, Michael Chandler cracked yeah. him in their fight. Like he can get cracked. Um, yep. He's tough as nails, though, man. I, I like it. I think it could be a great fight. I like that you're, you suggested it could be fight of the year because if it goes all five rounds, and we've seen with with <laughs> with um, Dan Hooker fighting DP, how crazy that fight mm-hmm. was. We're still talking about it now. Like we still talk about it often. How crazy that was. Yeah. Um, and we can see another one of those and. All that does for Dustin Poirier is increase his stock. And then for BSD, it does too. So even losing to Dustin Poirier doesn't hurt his stock because people are like, right. you fought the Thurman 3 guy, you were 12, uh, you lost, but you're still up and coming. And then for DP, if he wins, people are like, you beat a scary, young, up, up and coming fighter, and you should be up next for title contention again. I will say this, though, um, off the, your, your thoughts on Justin Gaethje being next. Um, Dana White said that the winner of Armin and Charles is going to fight Islam in the summer. Did you catch that part mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. conference the interview? I feel like yeah. I, th- I think I think he's going to stick to his gun. His word on that. I'm assuming 
I didn't think about this, but you're probably right. Maybe Justin Gaethje is going to take the money fight right now in the time being mm-hmm. because they told him, hey, Charles is still going to be before you. Or maybe he wasn't ready to fight. I, I don't know. Or he wanted to fight before, and Islam said he has to take more time off for whatever reason. I think he's hurt. I think Islam's hurt. Yeah. Uh, he's healing for something. Um, but I kind of like Josh Emmett wanting to fight Max Holloway more because they're in the I same division. And I'd rather see that fight. I don't yeah. think I, I care to see Max at 155. I think we've seen that experiment. Maybe after he's done with 145, he goes up full good. But, like, I, I don't think this is a good match for either of those guys. Because if you're Max Holloway and you lose, what does that do for you? If you're Justin Gaethje and you lose, what does that do for you? Like, I think they should just stay in their own divisions and fight people in their divisions. But, you know, money money talks. Oh, yeah, money talks for sure. And I think that um, with... You know, with with Max still being at 145, it is a harder fight to kind of sell. It is definitely a money fight. But here's the thing: what if this is Max's like announcement fight that he's like, "I'm going up to 155." Like, okay, that's crazy. So, I mean, and again, we don't we don't know. But I mean, book it for 300. I'm in. You know, I'm game. I, I, it's it's a fight I'd still want to see. Do I get more excited about Josh Emmett? Sure um just because it's in division but at the same time if there's anything to make exceptions for i I mean pull out the red carpet for for max holloway i mean he is one of the best uh featherweights of all time so um respect where respect is due and i do think it would still be a fireworks show but oh for sure uh, um uh, speaking about the other card that was, I mean, we're talking about a fight that hasn't hasn't even been announced between uh, Justin and Max, but the other fight that was announced for UFC 300 that we can confirm and can talk about and can you know get really amped for is the Charles V. Uh, Let's go! What a fight! You know, like I told you, I think a couple of weeks ago, it's a it's one I didn't want to happen, but one I think needs to happen. I mean, we are seeing these uh, these prospects starting to get their due. I mean, you know, Charles, uh, he's kind of in the same boat as Dustin. I mean, in a little better shape in terms of like his winning and just where he is positionally for the for the title. But I mean, you know, there's been a lot of fights on his resume, and he's fought at the top level for a long time. I mean, he's been in the UFC since he was a kid. And yep. now he is fighting on and taking on these, you know, up and coming contenders. And, you know, normally I'd, I'd definitely defer to Armin being kind of, kind of the one with the, uh, with the advantage here. But I, I think there's something to be said about the big lights and I think Charles is equipped for it. Now it's going to be a crazy first couple of minutes of this fight. Let's just be honest. Oh, hundred uh, percent. It's a three rounder, and I think Armin's going to want to flood that gas tank. And I do think stylistically for Charles, not great. It definitely out of all the top lightweights besides Islam, like definitely a, another guy that can potentially wear on him. For the wrestling and you know i, I you know respect where respect is is that uh charles is great off the ground and he's great off his back and he has the most submissions in the ufc i mean you you can't but acknowledge that as you know he is a fantastic uh bjj artist um but i don't think that this is you know gonna be an easy fight by any means for charles i do like the fight i don't know if i like it more than islam versus Charles too. I know a lot of people were like, yes, finally Charles is having to be put through the ringer. And for me, I just don't 
I don't I don't think that's fair to Charles with the legacy he has. Um, but I do think the the champion has a name, and his name is Charles right. Oliveira. And it's really that's hard for me right. to pick against my boy, but uh, it's Charlie Olives all the all the way for me. I, I'm I'm staying consistent with my picks. So, uh, but I will be a fan right. less of, of fighting regardless. And again, I still think we have back-to-back cards where this could literally be fight of the year. Like, like yep. these are, this is lightweight at its best right now. So how, how are you feeling about this fight? What are, what are, what are your thoughts around it? <clears throat> um, first things first, not really happy that it's not a five rounder. I'm hoping that that gets yeah. uh, changed before the card because, or maybe they mm-hmm. both fighters ask for it to be three. I just don't understand. I know it, what I'm assuming it's going to be is that that fight's not going to be, you know, a co-main event or up high on the card. It may be even the opening fight on that card, so they don't feel like they can make it a five-rounder because um, mm-hmm. it's going to be such a big card. And that's okay, I guess. But I would love for it to be five just because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be a lot going on. Um, right. I love the fight for Charles. I think that Armin is the next up-and-coming guy, right? He's he's next up, and if Charles beats him, mm-hmm. and because he has a similar style to it, Islam Makachev to me, it like – Almost like reenacts that fire. Like, okay, maybe Charles can beat Islam for the people that doubt him, right? Because uh, because I think he can beat him. Uh, I will say, yeah, I, I, I think the first first round is going to be insanity. I definitely think there's mm-hmm. going to be some scrambles and craziness. And as Daniel Cormier said when um, when uh, Charles fought Islam, he said Charles can get up whenever he wants off the ground. Like, he right. has the ability to get up whenever he wants. Same thing when he fought Benil. He's like Charles Oliveira is deciding to stay on the ground. So, like, mm-hmm. even as Armin takes him down, he has the ability to get up. Um, and I pick in Charles because I think the pressure. He's going to press forward. He's going to, And he's powerful as you know what. And mm-hmm. I think it surprises many fighters when they get hit by him. Like, oh, you hit like that. Like, because I don't think they're expecting mm-hmm. it. Because he, um, I think it's a great fight. I, I think it'll be a fun fight. For my, I'm hoping my boy wins it because I would love to see him get that title shot this year. Um to get his belt back, man. But I love Armin Sarukian getting a shot. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Um, I just hope that the champion keeps that same energy and takes fights like this when he loses his belt to Charles later in the year. Like, he still wants to fight top class. <laughs> he to try to hide from hot top yeah. contenders. That's what he'll want to do. If he loses his belt to Charles, I, a rematch, rematch, rematch. He, mm-hmm. he won't fight nobody else so he gets the belt back. That's how they That's how they go. Right. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun, fun fight, man. It'll be fireworks. Sure. Yeah. No. It's it's great, and and I think that this is um, let let Charles be angry because I think Charles is angry. I think he's I think well and rightfully so. Like yeah. Um. You know he snubbed a title shot for what for waxing one of the best lightweights uh in inside the first round and not being respected enough to you know with Benil he just completely whooped him and yeah so did Armin but you know like it, I don't know. I, I think both fighters are great. I'm not going to disrespect either one of them because um, it's just it's too good of a fight. And the UFC matchmaking is like doing its job. Finally, I feel like um, obviously and I'd like to see Charles in the championship, but this was the next best thing for me. So yeah, I uh, I really hope that you know in 2024 when uh, Fitzy heals up from his destroyed leg that um he comes back with a fury because there's a lot of other great fights out here like like we are talking january and early february for these awesome fights and it's like what 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 is the rest of the year holding because the ufc is is coming out swinging i mean last year it didn't have this momentum 
last year we didn't have these fights fights like this announced even the early cards so the mma gods are shining upon us it maybe because of the fact that you know we've gone into a a wild year of of ufc you know with sean strickland becoming champion just the craziness that's happened with all the turnovers the other champions maybe the mma gods are finally smiling at us and being like yes you deserve this wonderful year in 2024 but who knows i i don't know i i'm so excited bro like i cannot express to you how excited i am oh, man for, i know for all these I, cards I guess, I'm, yeah I, I guess my hope is that they just keep it up you know we don't yeah get all these firefights and then we fizzle out I highly doubt that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of big fighters that are not booked yet for fights. Um, but I hope yep. they keep doing these kind of matchmaking throughout the year. And I also hope that our active cha- we have active champions this year. I don't want one mm-hmm. fight. I want two to three fights for all our champions this year if it works out for yep. them like, and they're not hurt. Like, I need y'all to be right. active, man. Please be yep. on the cards. Um, yep. Yeah. Make them interesting. And and yeah. I and speaking of champions, and you know, we have these great fights coming up. In terms of like these next few cards, uh, like pay per views specifically, but um, also I uh, I think that we could see a grand uh, shift of main events to UFC 300. I think there's a chance that we could see a shuffling, and you know, as 298, 299 have been announced. Like it brings me a big fat question mark. Hey, Dustin Poirier and and and. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis as a five rounder, is there a chance that they could be flipping around some things and you know maybe making them the main event of two ninety nine and shifting Sean O'Malley and Cheeto to three hundred? Like I think there's still a chance that they could be rotating some fights around. I, I, it is a very highly speculative. I have nothing to base this off of. It's not like there's like you know something specific that could be out there, but yeah. I, I think that there's a chance that that could happen. And, and only reason being is because. Uh, like I said, the five rounder for Dustin doesn't make sense for a co-main event because it's not like for a title or anything. Like, yeah, it's not even for a number one contender, as Dana said. It's not. So yeah. it just it seems odd, but I am I am in if they want to shuffle around some fights for for whatever they want to do. So I don't know. We'll see. It's exciting times in the UFC, and uh, you know our next. Topic, uh, it doesn't involve the UFC, but I guess kind of does for Mr. Fumbles the Bag himself, Francis Ngannou, hitting headlines as he is scheduled to fight. Um, they haven't nailed a d- date down exactly, but Anthony Joshua in March. I mean, come on. What a fight. I I- I'm not even a boxing fan. I really kind of hate boxing, if I can be honest with you, um, <laughs> just because I just feel like it's such a stale sport. Um, and I cannot understate enough. I cannot, excuse me, understate. I cannot state enough how excited I am for Francis to get another big money fight for boxing. And one that, hey, we can't doubt this man anymore. We cannot doubt nope. Francis Ngannou at all. And he's going up against a guy who, yeah, has revolutionized his game. Uh, I think, you know, if we would have booked this fight a year ago, uh, the Anthony Joshua that would have been fighting then is not the same guy now. So it's very interesting to me. It's it's definitely a lot closer than I initially you know thought this fight was going to be, but I'm not counting Francis out at this point. If he can drop one of the best, if not the best, heavyweight fighter of all time, um, in Tyson Fury, who's to say he can't go out there and just hand a plateful 
of uh, you know what whooping to uh, good old Mr. Joshua over there. So, how you feeling about this fight, man? How do you? I mean, it was shocking when I heard it. <clears throat> um, I, I think Francis has just proven uh, that he was one of the biggest stars the UFC's ever seen, and they were. Uh, holding him back from being great. Um, Dana White yeah. could have easily let him step outside and fight Tyson Fury under contract and do what he did with Conor McGregor. And that decision and how he lost that close fight, which a lot of people believe he won, the mm -hmm. amount of like press that the UFC would have got for that, their, their heavyweight champion took the supposedly the best heavyweight champion of all time to decision and won. But, mm -hmm. you know, they said he didn't win, but he definitely won. That would have been a big deal. And they, so I know you jokingly said he fumbled it back. That's kind of what people were, were that's what Dana was kind of saying that, you know, oh, yeah. you made a big mistake. It's like, Dana, you made the big mistake. You let this heavyweight guy who hits like a truck leave because you didn't want to let him box and you didn't want to give his right. coaches more money, like his third coach money or whatever he wanted. The different things he was trying to do, um, you decided not to do. And you're missing out because the heavyweight, we all know, the big guys get all the eyes, man. Like, it's like if you have a heavyweight champion, like, that's active and does what he did to people, it does mm -hmm. something for the sport, man. Like, it, it's really important to have heavyweight champions that are, like, dominant and, like, exciting. Like, just like in boxing, right? That's why Tyson Fury draws so much eyes and money. Uh, but right. this fight in particular, man, I, I think it's a great fight. I do think that um, Francis wins this fight. I, I'm, I'm not even, like, doubting it. I, I think that I've watched enough of Anthony Joshua to see that he quits. Um, mm -hmm. He also gasses out weirdly, like with the, with yeah. the physique he has. It surprises me he gets tired in there. Um, and I, I think he's going to come in there like Tyson did and not really think that there's a way that Francis could be that good. You know, I think he's going to yep. come in there thinking, oh, maybe Tyson just did like a uh, took it easy on him for like a make it competitive, make more money for the, in the for Saudis. Um, I don't mm -hmm. think that's the case. And I think that Anthony Joshua, like he has proven before in the past when he's lost when he wasn't supposed to. Um, I think he comes out a little flat and he pays for it. I think he loses this fight, man. But I, I'm excited for yeah. this. I think it'll be a fun fight. Um, but yeah, I love boxing though. I know you're not a big boxing guy. I think there's a lot of great talent in boxing. I just think that the promoters get in the way. Oh yeah, of, big like, time. I think that's time. my biggest gripe. Yeah. yeah, that's my biggest gripe. I I just yeah can't stand the promoters. But shout out to Eddie Hearn for putting this together because I know that he this was on his his sites for a long time. Um, and yeah, to go, to go to what you were saying about Dana, I mean, uh, there have been two major L's that Dana has, Dana has taken, um, in, you know, recent memory. And the first one was Demetrius Johnson, letting him go to one FC. And I'm so happy that, uh, mighty mouse was able to get his, get his own in terms of, um, money, but not only money, but notoriety. And then two, um, we see that you know, this whole fumble the bag, quote unquote, that Francis did. I mean, he is technically like it's really hard for me to get behind the, the heavyweight champion for the UFC simply because the UFC's like lineal championship is now completely dismantled. Francis has that for forever now, if unless he goes back by some miracle to the UFC for a championship fight, but he will always and forever be the. Uh, UFC lineal champion. There will be no other. And that is really crazy to think about. But it, ever since the beginning of the UFC till now, we have never had like a guy that hasn't, you know, like taken the belt with him. Um, but now we have that with Francis and good for Francis. You know, you were treated yeah. so disrespectfully. You were treated so poorly. You were held out uh, on the contract 
and um, just kind of bullied into this whole situation um, yep. with Dana. And and I'm so glad he's getting you know what he's got. I will say this. I don't think Francis, if he wins against Anthony Joshua or even keeps it close like he did with Tyson Fury, I don't think he ever fights for PFL. And like I told you earlier this week, I think Don Davis, (laughs) while very happy that he has Francis Ngannou on his roster, he will be punching the air. Uh, This does nothing for the PFL. In fact, I think it actually diminishes their brand because, yes, Francis being as exciting of a fighter as he is – is fantastic to have on your roster, but who do you put him up against to, for him to fight? And like that's even remotely Man. intriguing. Uh, you know, MMA is all about the storylines. I mean, we see that with the UFC, uh, story, story, story. And the PFL is yet to provide anything other than they bought Bellator. Congratulations! They also lost a crap ton of money last year, so I, I, I just don't see a way forward where the PFL like can not only book a fight. I'd say more the likelihood this year. Jake Paul fights for the PFL, then Francis even has a fight signed for the, uh, in 2024. So I, I I'd buy it's, that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really tough to to put. I, I just don't think Francis is going to want to put the uh, MMA gloves back on. I mean, I wouldn't either. I was that kind of money. Yeah, if I can get that Wait, kind of money. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Doesn't have to train wrestling. Doesn't have to do you know any sort of grappling. You can just go focus on the striking. Yeah. So, now, I, with that being said, I would love for Dana to swallow his pride and throw the bag at him to have him come back to fight John Jones next year. Like, yeah, if you like throw the whole whatever you got. Like, pride aside, man, realize that if you get that guy, like, and get that fight set, you're gonna get the most pay per view buys you've ever had. Especially if he beats Anthony Joshua, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think this builds more into it. But he's not gonna do that. He's gonna he's gonna be egotistical and stick to his guns and not come back to him. And I think that's so stupid. But he'll do anything in the world for Conor McGregor, whatever he says. Right, exactly. But Conor's washed now, man. I just washed, yeah. washed. So congrats to Francis, regardless of how the result turn out. I'm not going to doubt you. I'm probably going to ride with you. Uh, come closer to an actual announced date for Francis. But um, yeah, I mean, continue to fumble that bag, sir, because it somehow is amazingly working out well for you and especially for a guy who deserves it the most. Um, I wanted to pivot to another topic tonight. Um, so we have we've gone back and forth in this whole saga of um, Sean Strickland, uh, I'm glad DDP. You I was thinking about yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about this for a second. I agree with Laura Senko. Can we all just stop complaining and just let him <laughs> fight? I also listened to the podcast with him and Theo. Sean is a crazy dude. At the end of the day, yeah. wild man. I do feel for him in his story. I think it's an awful thing that happened with him and his dad, and I get why he'd be tuned up and upset. My thing is, if you're gonna talk, you also gotta you also gotta take the take the licks. You gotta be the one that's also gotta take the if you want to dish it out. Assault. You take yeah, yeah, yeah. Dish it out. Thank you. You gotta be well. He's he's and he's getting it a lot on social media, but As I mean should. the man's the man is double standards through and through. But also, 
I, to a certain degree, I'm not. This is not defensive, but Sean's done it all. But to a certain degree, it's like, hey, what? What do you? This guy is is unhinged, and now we're expecting him to have standards, even though he's champion. Like, no, like what we got is what we got with with the good old Sean Strickland, and I re, I respect him. I do for 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 winning championship belt for doing all this thing, but I think that for us to set this high standards. Of, of of Sean somehow being this morally righteous person that knows how to say all the right things. It, it's just it's not factual. It's not true. Um, nope, so it's not. when he goes and speaks out of both sides of his mouth and, you know, I, again, I'm not trying to besmirch him and, you know, talk down about him too much for his horrible family tragedy that happened, um, especially with him and his dad, just like the abuse, everything, you know, it's awful. Family trauma is awful. But at the same time, my man's got to shut up and just get to work. I think this is going to be ultimately the very big distracting piece from uh, him potentially even, you know, when he does fight, um, that it's just going to be very, very distracting for, for him leading up to fight week. And DDP on the other hand, is just kind of like, can we, can we fight? Like, <laughs> can, can we stop talking about this? I mean, yeah, like I don't really care that he cried. Um, I'm glad he got it out of his system. Now can we stop talking about this and move on? Like, that's a focused fighter right there. So I hope it is. Sean locks it in. But this is a weird time for him as champion. And I think, you know, as time has gone on, my feeling is I don't think he's going to be a champion for very long with this kind of mindset. So, I mean, it's weird, man. This is a weird situation. I, I just, I don't know. I'm handing it over to you. What do you think about all this crap that's going on with him? I think you hit it right on the head, man. I think um, – we all were aware that Sean Strickland was an unhinged individual. Um, and we mm-hmm. were pretty shocked that he beat Israel Adesanya, right? And we're like, wow, good mm-hmm. job, buddy. Him winning that championship does not change the fact that he is a person who is not well. That's why the yep. UFC brass did not want him to ever even get a chance at the title because they knew he's bad for business because what, he com- what right. comes out of his mouth. Um, so I'm sure they're hoping the DDP beats him because they're like, please get rid of this guy. Like, um, because he is a lot. And, you know... I, as you, I feel bad for his trauma. I mean, trauma is something that everyone has in different, in different levels of capacity, right? But obviously, he went through some very hard, like bad stuff with his dad, and it's unfortunate. Um, but he's a fighter, and um, I, I, Sean Strickland, you've never struck me as a person that's been a, a role model or a voice for people with trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, the biggest part of your career, I don't need you to try to be. Um, getting people on your side with the trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he's trying to like switch it in that way, but it's like, buddy, I have years of Instagram posts of you telling people to go out in the woods and do something to themselves. Right. I'm like, you want to say it because it's explicit, but so you're, you're not the, you're not the right person to probably uh, be crying wolf now when somebody seemingly throws a jab at you. That wasn't even that crazy. Like to like DDP was surprised that got under his skin. He was like, I can't believe he reacted that way. He, he always right. talks bad about all the other people. I thought he would just, Take that and keep moving on. He's like, if that got under his skin, I got a lot more than that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so personally, I I, I kind of agree with you. I think that he's unraveling, and I'm sure there's a lot of pressure. He did not expect to be champion. He is now the champion. This guy's talking about him. It's a lot more eyes on him. I think Sean loses yeah. his fight, man. I do. I think yeah. he's distracted. I think he's probably overwhelmed with just the pressure of it, and he's never had yeah. to deal with that kind of pressure before. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and he seems super awkward and weird anyway in press conferences. If you notice, I thought like he's kind of fidgety. Yeah. So now to be the main thing, that's a big deal. 
um, you know, taking Izzy on short notice and walking out there a little bit more. He still looked nervous to me walking out there. I'm not going to lie yep. in that fight. He looked nervous still. I know they said, oh, he was focused. No, he looked nervous. So I think he'll be overly emotional going into this fight, and I can see it being mm-hmm. detrimental. But I want to close it by saying I feel bad for him for the trauma he experienced. You can tell how he cried and stuff. That it's it's obviously still something he's probably either working through in therapy or hasn't seen therapy about it. And uh, I hope he gets the help he needs for that because no one deserves to, you know, be afflicted by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with it being the fight game, man, if you're going to say mess up things about people and stuff, man, you got to learn how to take it yourself as well, man. Or yeah, just hide it. Exactly. Hide it. Yeah. It. Shove it all the way down. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's for motivation and training. Like, yeah. And then, you know, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad it's, you, it's you a, brought that up. It's a weird saga that we've had for this title fight leading up, and it's just one I'd rather put past us. Uh, you know, I think we discussed in our in our in our last podcast. You know, who could be champ in twenty twenty four? Would Izzy get his belt back? Um, I definitely am more interested if DDP wins that Izzy will go and fight DDP just because of the history there. Um, I think it kind of resumes the timeline we all thought that uh, well, a middleweight would go. Um, well, at least not DDP being champion, but you know, Izzy you know, having him as the number one contender. But, you know, at the end of the day, if Sean continues to, you know, win, then great. Like, I mean, still definitely a great fighter and you can't take anything away from a champion. Um, But this is definitely a weird circumstance with him um, just leading up to it. And I hope he can figure out, I hope he can figure out this and it be a competitive fight. I don't want this to be added to it. So um, random. Random before yeah. you move on. Did no, you happen to see any of uh, Izzy's um, sit down with Teddy Atlas? I did not. I did not have a listen to that. No, I haven't. Uh, I that. saw a, a clip or two from it, and Izzy was just talking about in the fight with Sean, and I thought it was just really good insight. He, he was saying that Sean was hitting him with like the heel of his fist, you know, because he hit mm-hmm. this Philly shell, so he was getting hit mm-hmm. with jabs, but like when the like almost like the palm of Sean's glove was hitting him, and it's hitting him, that's throwing him off. And he said that huh. when he went to the corner, um, and he was just telling uh, Eugene that Eugene was like, "Let's just stay to our game plan." And he was like, "Eugene, I'm down on the cards. I kind of just want to go for it." Eugene's like, "No, let's stay tactical. Like, mm-hmm. let's just try to pick him apart and pick our shots." But Izzy said that once he realized he was losing, he was like, "I just want to go for it and make it a brawl mm-hmm. because I want to. I'm, I'm trying to get the knockout." So I like to hear that, like that he wasn't the one that was gunshot. He was actually like, "I want to do this," but Eugene was, was like, "Let's stick to the game plan." And he was, he was coached poorly to say that, but he should have just went for it because if he just goes for it, maybe cracks him with a shot like he did uh, against uh, Pajeda. So I like that for him because I, I really, really thought he got just broken down and like shelled up a little bit. But now it seems like right. he had he wanted to go for it and he was told, no, let's just try to pick our spots and stick to the game plan. And I think that was horrible coaching. Like, man. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I heard that um, today, actually. And I was like, man, that sucks. Yeah. Is that disrespectful, though, to, like, go and air that kind of, like, dirty laundry about, you know, Eugene's advice? Um, I think I, I truthfully don't think I truthfully don't think Eugene cares because, you know, after that fight, yeah, Eugene sat at the fair. press conference and talked on behalf of him. And he said um, right. and he said that Izzy didn't follow the game plan or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, it just was like a miscommunication between the, us and Izzy. That's what he said after the fight. Yeah. So I think they have a more open relationship. So I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I respect I respect both of those guys a lot. They've done obviously awesome work together, and Izzy, you know, 
second best middleweight of all time to Anderson Silva. Um, clearly can take no shine away from him. But yeah, intrigued for his next fight whenever that is. And I don't think it's going to be in 2027 like he originally stated. Um, but uh, with that, let's move into a fun little segment of the show. Um, I mentioned to you earlier today, you know, our craziest predictions for 2024. Um, now you can get as wild and wacky as you want. I, I'm I'm going to stick to two. Um, I got two crazy predictions for 2024. I, I really don't know if these will happen. You know, I hey, we can we can talk about them at the end of the year, um, and you know, see hey, how far off were we? How you know how crazy? You know, was this just completely outlandish? Um, but my first crazy prediction is, and. Tyrell, this is one that uh, might be a little bonkers to hear. But Johnny Eblen will be UFC champion in 2024. I think his contract is going to get bought out. And I think the UFC is going to be like, this guy, we want this guy. Because there's currently no uh, PFL uh, slash uh, Bellator competition that can be acquired uh, right then and there. So he's stuck without fighting anyone. And I also think that Patchy Mix will be fighting in 2025. I know that's we're talking into a new year, but I do think he'll be fighting with the UFC. Now, those are expensive contracts to buy out, but we know that the UFC has bought out Michael Venom Page, uh, which is, I would say is one of the most expensive guys to buy. I have no idea what that contract is. Uh, he is a show fighter. Um, so I think that Johnny Eblen is going to be champ by the end of 2024. I know a lot of things have to go right in the next few months for that to happen, but there is no doubt in my mind that that guy doesn't get fast tracked like a Michael Chandler or even potentially like MVP could get fast tracked as well. So I, I am ready here and for it in terms of, okay. uh, in terms of that being my first prediction. How do you feel about that? So that was a little I, wild and wacky I, for you. You know, I don't know if it's wild and wacky. I think it's smart business-wise to bring that guy, those guys in. Um, mm-hmm. I hope it happens. I mean, it's exciting. Um, Eblen's in, is he in light heavyweight? I, no, I believe he's welterweight, if I'm Wait, not mistaken. Oh, yikes. Am I, am I well, making things up here? He, he's, I thought he's, he looks huge. He could just be. Yeah. If he's welterweight, that makes more sense when it, no, he's he's middleweight, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm insane. Then, then completely just take what I said and replace all of those things and say middleweight champion. He's going to be middleweight champion by 2024, by 2024 yeah. then, because they don't have the divisions for him. That's why I was like, I'm saying, I'm talking about Michael Vitter and Page. They would never have fought each other. That's why I was being so So, podcast I'm listeners, scared. yes, I'm still a filthy casual. So, just go bury me in the comments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, it's a smart business decision for them. I mean, I think he could be yeah. Sean Strickland today. I think he could take it to DDP. I think it would be a hard fight stylistically for Adesanya. Uh, he's just not a really fun guy to match up with any of the top five of the UFC. So uh, that's that's my thought. I, I don't even know if they're if they're even looking at him right now uh, because they have other bigger stars in middleweight. There's always a chance. <laughs> Crazier things have happened. But what's your tw- what's your what's your what's your crazy prediction for 2024? <laughs> um. So my first crazy prediction 
is that Misha Tate will be fighting for the bantamweight title by the end of the year or early in 2025. Dear Lord. That's the first one. I, 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 think Misha, I think Misha Tate is going to go on a run and kind of the division is trash and I think there's a really good chance that she can get up there and win because like I, I think that <clears throat> I think uh, Myra is going to win um, mm-hmm. she's going to be Raquel Pennington because Raquel Pennington is trash um, and then <laughs> uh, after she beats her she's going to lose to Juliana Pena and mm. I think I think we see Misha fight sometime soon Maybe to give her Holly home again. I think she'll beat her or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and I can see her fighting for the belt, man, and potentially winning it by the end of this year, early next year. I think their division moves a little slower, so may- I have to say maybe she wins it by the next year. But I'll say this. At least she's going to be in title contention, meaning she's like number one contender in that division by the end of the mm-hmm. year, if not fighting for it at the beginning of the next year. Um, I do don't think about that. I don't like that at all. (laughs) And you know what's crazy is is there's a world where that happens. Oh, for sure. She could beat Holly Holm and be a title contender. That's what I'm saying. She could probably even jump Juliana Pena if she does that. Because Juliana is scheduled to fight her. She's still hurt. Then, yeah. there's a definite chance that she will be in That's line right. to fight That's potentially right. before even like the the last quarter of of, of 2024. Good grief! If that happens, the world is broken, and then Ronda <laughs> comes back out of retirement because that because that's what would happen. Oh my! I'm okay gosh. with that too. I'm okay. I mean, with it'd that be fun, but I I don't yeah. think I need to see old women. Fight I don't mind Misha. I don't mind. I, I like Misha. She's great. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. I, I just, this is that's the, that's the Sean Strickland story arc of twenty twenty four right there. If if ever there was ever a fight to to not be expected to book, would be Misha Tate for fighting for a title, whether it's you know, <laughs> whoever is there. Um, but you know, I I I think these are actually really two good ones. I was gonna give give another one, but I I think we're gonna pump the brakes there. I don't. I I you don't want to drop like another one. I got another one. I mean, all right. I don't know if it's wild. I don't know if it's wild and, I don't know if it's wild and wacky, but mm. I, I, I feel very certain that in 2024 this year, Kamzat Chamayev is going to lose. He's going to lose his okay. next fight. Like he is losing his next fight 100. I, I, I just don't. I just don't believe in him anymore, man. I think he loses. I think that he fights, takes a fight. He's gone forever. I know he's sick right now, so I'm, I know mm-hmm. that's understandable why he's out. But I just think that. Those dogs up ahead of him, there's some tough fights up, up above and in that division. And I don't oh, yeah. know, man. I, I think he, I think it's not as wild and wacky, but it, to a lot of people, it is because he's unbeatable. I think he loses. Right. Um, I really do. I do. I think, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, I, I, well, one, I mean, his whole sickness, he had like, what, I don't know allergic reaction to some sort of medicine right uh, that they were giving him and he's like kind of out of commission right now like he's not scheduled to fight anybody because he's literally like in the hospital so i mean there's his health concerns that you have to consider that i agree with you that the hype is not where it should be i think he's definitely human and uzman showed that but i was actually gonna you kind of stealing some of my shine here i think that uzman is uh, 185 pound champion 
uh, by the end Ooh. of 2024. I don't think uh, – I really don't think Adesanya is going to come back. Uh, um, uh, the, uh, some things have to go right for this to happen. The first thing is Usman's got to win a big fight at 185. And it's got to be notable. It's got to be noteworthy. <clears throat> and then we also have to see, um, you know, uh, DDP lose to Sean. And I think you fast track Usman to the title and he wins and he becomes a uh, two division champ. And while, yes, he wouldn't be holding them at the same time, he still um, would be, you know, considered one of the best of all time. And I think that he's still got enough gas in the tank to where this could work for him. I know he's sharing a division with Izzy, which makes it super difficult uh, for this to happen. And, and there's a chance that Usman goes back down to 170, but I think 185 is his new home. I could even see him rematching Chemaev and taking it to him and taking him out to the cleaners in the last rounds of that fight um, yep. and uh, have it be the main event, you know, do whatever. And then it sets Usman up right up for a title fight after that. So I, it's not super likely to happen. Like I mentioned, a lot of things have to go right for this. But, I mean, I, I, I do. I, this is going to be such a... I never would have expected me saying this in 2024, but I miss Usman as champion, and I That's and right. I hope that he can get some sort of reign going back. Even though I think it's highly unlikely, this is a crazy prediction. So, champ Usman 185, okay, and then retire. Like you it. could retire after that. Be be GSP, retire yeah. after that. I think <laughs> you uh, know he doesn't have too more to prove. I think uh, I like that prediction. I will say. I think Izzy is fighting Alex at 300, UFC 300. So I think that the runway has been cleared for Usman if he wants to stand 85. Yeah. I think that Izzy on his, on his Instagram put one plus one equals three. And I think mm-hmm. he's like saying like they're one and one in the UFC, him and uh, Peta. Mm-hmm. And I think he's saying we're going to fight again. Um, I think that's going to be a big announcement tomorrow. Um, they're they're going to be fighting at 300, which is going to be great. <clears throat> Scary fight for yeah, you, well, regardless. Izzy's um, huge, bro. Izzy's you seen him? looking He's big so right big, now. Which I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. His arms look ginormous on his Instagram. When he was like yep. on a boat, I'm like, bro, you look huge. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Maybe it took some time off just to kind of beef up a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. so my other prediction I was going to say, because we're throwing them all out there, my third prediction <laughs> was going to be that Bilal Muhammad beats Leon Edwards, right? That's not the full prediction, but he beats Leon Edwards this year. Oh, boy. I know Kamaru, where this is going. Kamaru comes back and beats the brakes off of Bilal Muhammad and takes his belt back, and he reigns over the division. I think that happens. Because mm-hmm. I think he would – who would be next? And then he's no talked one. about he's talked about Usman saying, like, he thinks Usman's resume is not that great. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, they, well, I mean, Shavkat's in line, too. Don't don't forget about Shavkat. We can't forget about him. Yeah, he's right there. He's right there. But I think Usman would get the first crack if he really wanted it over Shavkat. Yeah. Because Shavkat and his wonder boy showing with his injury. So, and I don't know how long he's had with his injury, either. He got surgery. Yeah, that's true. I, but I think – but Usman needs a fight regardless before I think he hops into that. I think he earned a lot of respect for people for taking that short notice Shavkat. fight against Jermayev. But Shavkat. you think that Shavkat and Usman would fight next – Let's get it. Oh wow! That's five, five rounds. Wild. Five oh rounds. my gosh, we are going full tilt crazy here. <laughs> nah, I like it though. That's awesome. I love it. Be a great fight, listeners. No, honestly, hold us to this. Nope. 
Yeah, don't hold us to this. But, you know, in all honesty, <laughs> though, if we're being realistic, I think Usman's fighting Chamayev sometime this year. That's the next fight, mm-hmm. and they're finally fighting five rounds. That's his next fight. Unless Chamayev's yeah. scared to fight running back. But I think that's who he's going to fight, man. Yep. I think the fans want it. I think it's there. I think Dana recognizes it. Uh, there's a reason that he's been real quiet on Jemayev lately. Uh, and, and even after the fight, you know, he didn't really push him towards the title. So, like, it, it just goes to show, I think, that Dana, if he's a smart businessman, he'll run this back. It'll do numbers. It'll probably do more than Sean and uh, Aljamain. Uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think that that is a fight worth watching. Usman's a draw. Well, it's crazy to say that in 2024, but he is a draw, uh, being the former champ. And obviously, Shemaev with, you know, he's still exciting regardless. He is. Uh, if you think that, you know, he's worth worth the cut of mustard that he is. I think that's a saying. If it's not, well, you could just bury him never, in the grave in the 1960s. Never heard so. that one before. Maybe it's a, a Michigan thing. I don't know. I've never heard that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. All right. Well, I uh, think that's going to wrap today's show uh, with Fighting Words. Uh, thank you so much for listening, tuning in, and listening to us talk and ramble. In our next show, we're going to be previewing the first fight card of the 2024 UFC season, if we can even call it that, or just year of fights, I guess. Um, so be on, tune, tune into that. Uh, please, as always, uh, subscribe to our uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, and leave us a review. Um, be looking out for anybody who wants to drop us some nice words, uh, give us a shout out on the show, um, and also follow us on Instagram at fighting word, uh, fighting underscore words underscore pod. Uh, to keep up on all of the news and updates around the UFC, as well as when uh, new podcasts drop. Anyways, thanks for joining us today, and we'll catch you later this week.